Well, Renee, the uh, situation in Israel and Hamas, I'm sorry, Israel and Gaza is evolving so quickly. I feel as soon as we report on any updates, they're outdated. I know. I walked in today and said, all right, what, what happened last night? I feel I feel out of touch. It's so hard to keep up. It really is. So uh, we're going to do our best to update you on the latest. Like I said, um, I it's, it's, it's evolving so quickly that I'm sure as soon as the words leave my mouth, um, you know, it'll be old, old news. But uh, the latest President Biden will visit Israel tomorrow in hopes of getting hostages freed. Uh, U.S. troops may de- be deployed. I believe there's about 20,000 on standby. J.R. Morning's going to be talking about to Rocky Rushkowski about it. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, he was back in Israel yesterday. He spent the last week traveling around the Middle East trying to keep this war from spreading. Scary moment for them yesterday. He and Israel Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu had to take cover in a bomb shelter for about five minutes as air raid sirens sounded near them. Wow. Um, the latest death toll, 2,800 in Gaza, 1,400 in Israel. And... Uh, 199 hostages, that's about a uh, 100 more than originally reported. Um, Hamas is releasing hostage videos. They say that uh, it's open to releasing non-Israeli hostages if conditions are right, whatever that means. I was say, what does that mean exactly? It's Yeah, it's very vague. And, uh, you know, is this benevolence on the part of Hamas or is it them trying to um, stall the ground invasion because, you know, there's hostages in there and Israel and the United States don't want to put them at risk. Man. Uh, Gaza's southern border, there was reports of heavy bombing there. Uh, it, the southern border with Egypt remains closed. On the Gaza side, you have refugees waiting for safe passage. On the Egypt side, you have trucks upon trucks with aid and supply waiting for entry into Gaza. Now there's a question if an agreement to open the Egyptian border for refugees was ever uh, in place in the first place between Israel and Hamas. Um, And uh, now on the northern border of Israel, um, people within two miles of Israel's northern border with Lebanon were evacuated yesterday. Rocket fire between Israeli forces and Hezbollah escalated. Lebanon's government actually targeted some Hezbollah targets to keep this conflict from spreading. Both Iran and Hezbollah have threatened to intervene if Israel sends ground forces into Gaza. And uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and about a dozen other members of Congress introduced a resolution calling for a ceasefire. So there is your latest. And meanwhile, back home, Renee, a uh, Farmington Hills man um, has been sentenced um, for threatening violence against Palestinians. Yeah, felony charges were actually filed against him after he posted a threat online inviting people to hunt Palestinians in the wake of the conflict. Police arrested Carl Mintz on Thursday after he published the threat on Facebook directing toward uh, directing it toward residents in Dearborn. He was arraigned over the weekend on charges of threat of terrorism and a misdemeanor count of malicious use of a device. Dearborn police said in an update on Twitter that they identified the individual after an anonymous tip was shared with the department on October 11th. Mintz received a bond of $500,000 case surety with no 10%. In exchange for his bond agreement, Mintz was assigned a GPS tether device and was banned from possessing weapons and using the internet. A probable cause was scheduled for later this month. 
threats of violence against our community would not be tolerated, said Dearborn Mayor Abdullah Hamoud. We are pleased to see that the charges filed this weekend reflect the severity of the message of hate that this individual chose to post online last week. And about after uh, 515 here, Renee, we're going to be hearing from former chair of the House Intelligence Committee turned Senate candidate Mike Rogers about the FBI warning of increased threats of violence against both the Jewish and Muslim communities. Uh, locally here, patrols have been stepped up in Oak Park and out in the Bloomfields where there's a heavy Jewish population as well as in Dearborn, which I think has one of the biggest Muslim communities in the country. I believe so. I know at one point that was true. And. I'm going to say this every time there's an act of violence against someone from from either the Jewish or the Muslim community, because I, I think it's important. We cannot lose our humanity. No, we need to be better. This is disgusting. This is exactly what we cannot have happen here. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I, I said it last Friday. I'm going to keep saying it. People people came to this country to escape this crap. They want to live in peace among people. Uh, that they may have been warring with back home, and we can't let that split over, uh, spill over here. And then we just got this terrible story from Chicago, Ugh. where um, he's, that six-year-old Muslim boy was stabbed to death. His mother was stabbed as well by a landlord targeting him because he was Muslim. And at one point, they had a great relationship. He helped him build a, a tree house, and so this this script just flipped right of the relationship that they had and it's so heartbreaking to hear that i mean fear paranoia we've been living under it for decades um and you know this is exactly what i was afraid uh of happening and we were talking about this earlier renee i mean this guy not not to be graphic but 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 this guy's gonna he's gonna get He's, He's going to get what he deserves in, in prison. Yep. You know, um, because that's one thing that that's one type of person that does not do well in prison. It's no. people who victimize children. So. Good luck, buddy. So just sorry, just terrible. And uh, like Disgusting. I said, let's let's keep our heads. OK, we are not at war with each other no. here in the United States. No. Uh, Bill Ford kind of took a play out of Sean Fain's uh, playbook yesterday. Um he broke his silence on the ongoing strike against the big three from the visitor center inside a Ford's Rouge uh, factory. He called on the UAW to come together with Ford and the rest of the big three uh, to what he says, fight the real competition. Foreign automakers like Toyota, Honda, Tesla saying that they are loving this strike because the longer it goes on, the better it is for them. He also voiced concerns over Ford's ability to invest in future products uh, in innovations and uh, Renee, the speech itself kind of anticlimactic. We got a notification about it. And, of course, we all speculated uh, what he was going to announce. I'm happy it wasn't anything major. Um, it was but, a plea. Yeah. And, and I think so far it's been Sean Fain and the UAW giving all the updates, controlling the narrative. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I think this was Ford's way of getting their own message out there. And uh, this thing doesn't seem like it's going to be get, uh is any closer to um, the conclusion. And of course, Sean Fain responded saying, Ford knows exactly how to end the strike. And then he threatened to strike the Rouge plant where Bill Ford was speaking from next. So that's my question. Do we assume that that will be the next plant that struck? Under normal circumstances, yes. But, you know, Sean Fain promised that this strike was designed to keep people guessing and keeping 
uh, the big three on their toes, and and and, and he's delivered. Mm-hmm. It, it kind of reminded me of sort of like you know when you're a kid and your mom would say, "You better stop crying; it'll give you something to cry about." <laughs> That's what it is. That's right. Oh, you better stop. You better stop <laughs> speaking from the Ford Bruce factory. I'm going to give you something to cry about. That's exactly what it sounded like. Uh, Real quick, we had to get to a break here, but uh, um, we're we're probably going to see another strike here in the city of Detroit at noon. Uh, Casino workers, 3,700 of them across five unions, are going to be walking off the job after failing to reach a contract with Detroit's three casinos. And uh, the House is set to vote on a new speaker at noon later on today. Jim Jordan said he has flipped some uh, Republican holdouts. He's only got a five uh, vote margin of error. So uh, we're running a little late. We're going to hear from Mike Rogers in just a second. And then um, after the news at 535, we'll get you caught up on uh, Trump's newest gag order. I don't know how many that is, but he's collecting them like baseball cards. <laughs> First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. And at point guard, how tall are you, Renee? 4'11". <laughs> point guard height. And at point guard, 4'11". I'm not going to ask you what you weigh. That's impolite. Please don't. Renee, the Italian stallion, Vitelli. I'll go with meatball. The meatball? Yeah. Your meatball. <laughs> All right. There's some serious things going on in the world. Let's stop screwing around. Let's get serious, Pull people. Pull it together. Uh, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin imposed a narrow gag order on Donald Trump yesterday as part of an indictment on accusations of trying to overturn the 2020 election. Now, the gag order was put in place after special counsel Jack Smith uh, raised concerns of intimidation. The order does not bar President Trump from criticizing the Justice Department or saying that this case against him is politically motivated. But what it does ban him from doing um, is conducting these so-called smear campaigns or intimidating language against prosecutors, court personnel, and potential witnesses. And, Renee, I mean, fair, but what leverage do they actually have to enforce this? It reels them in a little bit. I mean, it, it stops the bullying. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, if he listens to it, that, and that's kind of been Trump's strategy this whole time. Just, just don't listen to anyone about anything. <laughs> I mean... You know, what it does is, yeah, it puts them on a leash a little bit. And and I guess they have to do something, right? They They, do. They can't do nothing, even if if, um, what they're doing is futile. I mean, how many other gag orders does he have against him? And if he violates it, what are they going to actually do to him other than give him a talking to? Well, as she said, it just stops him from, you know... Just calling out these people and and the name calling and the bullying against these people that are just trying to do their job. Right. Right. And and, and that was kind of the crux. He doesn't want him going. uh, She doesn't want Trump going uh, going after people who are just doing their job. But um, I mean, he's the former president. There's a chance he's going to be the next president, especially with RFK coming in and splitting the Biden vote. So. Uh, to me, much like Bill Ford's speech yesterday, this seems to be mostly ceremonial. But mm-hmm. but like I said, even e- even though it, it seems futile and um, there's really nothing they can do, I think she said she might she might move the trial up if he doesn't abide by it. And she said she's not making any concessions for the election year. Right. For him. Yeah. It's she's not working with his schedule because it's an election year. Yeah. She says he's a defendant like everyone else. That's so, right. So let, let's see if he abides by it. But um, 
I think she also gave him an out saying that the, the stuff that he's been um, doing on social media that people uh, accuse of being intimidation is, is, is actually allowed. So he can go on True Social and call it a witch hunt all he wants and say it's politically mo- motivated all he, all, all, all he wants. He just can't. Um, he just can't speak bad about individuals, right? It seems so. Business as usual. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, big ruling in the Oxford High School uh, shooting case the other day. Yeah, the parents of the shooter cannot attend his sentencing. A, ju- a judge ruled last week. James and Jennifer Crumbly, who are currently in jail, wanted to be at the December eighth sentencing. Their son could spend the rest of his life in prison without the chance of parole for the deadly November thirtieth, twenty twenty one school shooting. Uh, the Crumblies could be allowed to watch the hearing online in jail but they will not attend the sentencing which i think is the right call i mean you know the the uh the parents defense said that they wanted to be in the um in the sentencing hearing out of concern for their son oh now you're concerned that's the thing that i think that's everybody's that's everybody's first thought now you're coming to the party right now you're concerned after all all these cries for help after all these warning signs they 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 didn't only not lock up their guns. Yeah. They went out and bought him a gun. Right. Because were, he's it, underage. Right. And they were too busy living their own lives instead of worrying about their son's cries for help or noticing their son's cries for help. And I mean there there are there are things that are beyond redemption, right? Um you know, the Crumblies want to see their son again, but there's four families who want to see their children again, right. and they're not going to be able to. I'm sorry, you've lost that privilege. And, uh, you know, not not to be unkind, but if, 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 if no one in this family has another moment of happiness in their lives, if they never get anything they want again in their lives, even down to the... Uh, flavor of Jello that they eat in prison. Right, I'm fine with it. Yep, I'm fine with it. So that that was absolutely the uh, right right call. And uh, for the record, um, I, I don't think this kid should see the light of day again. Again, like right. I said, there's there's four other kids who won't see the light of day again, and uh, it's it's not fair that he would get a second chance and they don't. Right. Um, since we're on the crime beat here, this is one of the most tragic and twisted crime stories that I've heard in a long time. <sighs> Sunday, there was this large gathering for a baby shower on Detroit's east side. Uh, two women, reportedly friends, they got into an altercation. One woman pulled out a gun and shot and killed the other woman. Uh, when, when the woman saw what she had done, the shooter, she got into her car, fled the scene, and she actually handed, uh, she headed to a police precinct to turn herself in. And as she was walking into the police station, the deceased woman's oldest son ran her down in his car. Wow. Uh, Both the shooter and the driver are in police custody, and the shooter is expected to recover. And uh, how tragic. I mean, the son made a rash decision, probably out of anger and devastation. Sure. Now he could be going to jail. It's a baby shower. It's supposed to be one of life's most joyous events. And... Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, yeah. I mean, I mean, this is this is like a Dateline NBC. It's yeah. it's just it's just nuts that, uh, um, you know, she went to turn herself in, and and you know this this guy ran her down in, in his car. Rage. Yeah. So sad. Um, on a happier note, it looks like uh, Detroit Metro Airport 
uh, may soon become my new favorite theme park. Yeah, they're expanding their destination pass program, which allows non-ticketed visitors the chance to explore the Evans and McNamara terminals without flying. According to DTW, they will now have same-day access to the terminals with new kiosks where people can apply and get a pass in minutes. So before visitors had to apply online the day before their visit, now they can apply for, receive, and use the destination pass in minutes. Visitors apply by scanning their license, state ID, or passport. And if approved, the kiosk will print out the destination pass, and pass holders must report to a TSA security checkpoint. The Evans Terminal kiosk is in the ticket lobby near the elevators on the departure level, while the one in the McNamara Terminal is in the lobby ticket near the Weston Hotel entrance on the departures level. And as of yesterday, the ticket kiosks are the only way to obtain destination passes. You know who I'm happy for in all this? Who? People making grand romantic gestures trying to stop the love of their life from getting on an airplane. Like the 90s movie. <laughs> right, exactly. That, 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 that's going to make a comeback. Wait, I love you, Mike. You Don't know, go. I, 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 I still would probably show up to the airport four hours early, ju- you know, ju- ju- just in case there's a line going through the kiosk. There is nothing better than an overpriced Bloody Mary <laughs> at the airport when you're about to get on a plane. With barely any booze. That's right. You're essentially drinking salsa. Yep, you've got it. This is a good idea, though, because it's a shame how many good restaurants there are inside the airport that you didn't have access to unless so you had a plane many. ticket. They've got an Atwater Brewery. I've been there. They've got an Air Margaritaville. They do. A freaking Jolly Pumpkin. Like, you could do a, a, an Evans Terminal pub crawl. Like a Sunday fun day. Let's go. And then, um, you know, you, you can drive that little tram back and forth. Yes, you can. That weird uh, moving uh, sidewalk with those lights. All the places. There's How a, much fun could this be? Uh, there's a Chick-fil-A there. You know, that was big news. Get your chicken on. Jeez, OP. This is, uh, this is a story <laughs> that's, uh, I mean, this is an idea that's long, long past its due. Uh, in the McNamara Terminal, there's two coffee beaneries the only, in a row. The only thing I don't like that freaks me out and I can't figure it out is when you scan your boarding pass in yeah. the Delta Terminal. And it, Nick Roddy's shaking his head. He knows what I'm talking about. And only you can see it, and it, it welcomes you. Hello, Renee. And no one else can see it, and I can't figure it out. It's taking over your retinas, and I don't like it. It freaks me out, man. And it also knows your most traumatic, embarrassing moment from seventh grade. Exactly. All <laughs> of the above. I don't like it. I can't figure it out. Well, um, I, I live close to the airport, so if you're looking for me on weekends, could you imagine, though, you take a wrong turn, you think you're going to Chick-fil-A for some waffle fries, and you're on a flight to Dallas, Texas. I wouldn't be mad, actually. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, because then, then I'd go to In-N-Out Burger and make oh, a day of it. There you go. <laughs> Don't get too drunk on the pub crawl or in the Evans Terminal. That might happen. It's first thing. Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale, WJR. Heading to the home stretch of first thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale. And uh, as we are joined every morning at the, this time, Guy Lloyd and Jamie from uh, JR Morning. Oh, morning. morning. Good morning. And, uh, you know, Renee and I were talking off the air. It took us till about 538 this morning to get to a story that wasn't a complete bummer. Um, so I'm going to start this segment with something I think everyone. <laughs> Thank you. That everyone. <laughs> Could you mind a few more of those nuggets before yeah. we get to say, you know, yeah. 6.30 a.m.? Well, <laughs> I got some bad news about my gout. 
Oh. <laughs> okay, tell tell me about it. Talking to my grandmother over yeah. here. Well, I'm walking like I'm injured, but I'm not. It's a stupid disease. Anyway, um, I, I want to start with something that I think everyone can get behind. Big announcement from the NFL about the Thanksgiving halftime show show for the Dallas Cowboys Washington Commanders game. Yeah. Dolly Parton is Yay! going to be the halftime entertainment. Okay, have you heard about her new album? The Rock album? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Have you heard anything from it? No, have you? Yes. Oh. It's, Spotify has been throwing it in my feed, just little bits and pieces. Does he have some features on, on there? Um. What do you mean? Like, like other, like. Stars, oh, oh yeah, she's got a ton of duets. Yeah, yeah. It, it, exactly. She does a great uh, version of "What's Up" um, by Four Non Blondes. Yes, mm-hmm. oh, she probably hit that high note. She can do it all, and it. You know what? I mean, under normal circumstances, you would look okay. This is an elderly woman looking to remain relevant. Uh-huh. It doesn't come off that way if you really listen to it objectively. Yeah, she Maybe. could. She can. I take, think she, she can would... bring it. Not like the term elderly. No, Dolly's a treasure. <laughs> well, yeah. no, yeah. she. You know, you're right. She because she certainly is. She is, will live forever. By the way, vital yeah. as any artist out there, and she. But you know, you would look at it as you're trying to be something that you're not. But she can. She she's pulling it off. She can, she can pull it off, and she can back it up. Yeah. I bet you the NFL bothered her. She probably turned it down. You know, but they probably begged <laughs> her to do it. Yeah, I think it drops in November, and it's like 23 cuts. It's extensive. Who's our halftime? Do we have a halftime? I don't yeah, think, have we, have we heard anything? The, I don't halftime think it's... For, for the Lions? Yeah, Lloyd Jackson oh, singing no. uh, the... Forward down yeah. the field. Hopefully Forward multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> just over and over. Just yeah. over. Just, one, just the one, one line. Yeah, right. <laughs> for 15 minutes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dolly's rock album has Paul McCartney, Steven Tyler, Stevie Nicks, Steve Perry, John Fogarty... Yeah! Wow. Oh man, she, yeah, she's got. Yeah, she. Uh, Fogarty joins her for "Long as I Can See the Light," which is like one of the best Creedence songs that you never get a chance to hear. Yeah, wow. I watched a story about her life on an airplane. There's a documentary on okay. on an airplane. She has a very interesting life, and she's been married for a long time. Her husband never wanted to be in the public eye. He was a concrete man. You don't. No one even really knows what he looks I, like because he's yeah. never out there. He's no, never at her side for things. Yeah, no. But they're fine. They're happily married. Unlike Will and Jada, who, you know, for seven years have managed to make us think that they're still together. Look, I love you, Hoda, but it's okay to move on from the story now. We We don't need to hear anymore. I don't know if they're getting residuals, but it's a little bit much. The numbers must have went up on the viewership or something. They just got to keep doing it. Beat it to death. Oh, my God. Um. But, yeah, I, I, th- I think maybe Usher should maybe bring Dolly Parton uh, up on stage during the Super Bowl halftime show. You never know. <laughs> yeah. Hey, boy, what a collab that, be that would be. Wouldn't yeah. that be something? Yeah. Dan Campbell, who will be coaching in that game, uh, would absolutely love it, I think. I think he would absolutely love it. <laughs> are, you trying to, are you trying to say something, Mike? Um, yeah, I, I, I the cannot. Lions will be there at the Super Bowl. I cannot wait for the Jared Goff versus Zach Wilson shootout in the <laughs> Super Bowl 58. <laughs> it's going to be an all time great. He's uh, putting it out into the universe. I'm, I'm manifesting it. Yep. Uh, meanwhile, yesterday we got the, uh, we got the alert that Bill Ford was going to be speaking on the UAW strike and their ability to invest in the future. Uh, he came and and of course we were speculating running wild. Uh, it, it turns out he was. Uh, Do we run wild? 
Oh. <laughs> uh, internally. <laughs> okay. Not on air. We, you know, we're yeah. very responsible on air. Yeah. But okay. back, I was behind just the scenes. Off right. yeah. Wild. If, if, if that's me, wild. That was a pretty lame yeah. going rogue. <laughs> I was saying to Lloyd, 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 I hear they're selling to Tesla. You can go to air with that. Um, <laughs> essentially, you know, it, 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 no major announcements. I, I think what he was doing, he was imploring the UAW um, to unite against automakers instead of each other. And I think what he was doing, I, I think Sean Fain and the UAW have been controlling the narrative so much that I think they were trying to take some of that back and, and, and put out their own message. Well, first yeah. of all, it tells you just how ugly it is at the bargaining table right yeah. now that, yeah. that Bill Ford would, would come out and do that. That's and right. He's not saying anything that hasn't already been said by every automotive expert out there. Sean Fain, you might want to talk about that this is all about corporate greed, but when there's a 23% wage bump on the table, it's no longer about corporate greed. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I just don't know where they go from here because... Um, Great question. That's you know, be- exactly the question. And that's what Bill Ford's asking. Where do you go from here other than giving solace to Tesla Yep, and the the Asian automakers that don't let you in the door. That's right. Well, and when I heard him reference Tesla, Toyota, um, Honda, and Chinese automakers, I thought to myself, well, you know, I, I'm sure Sean Fain and the UAW have their sights on them next. If they get themselves a big deal for the big three, I think they're going to try to unionize the foreign automakers. Well, and Fain said that. They're not our adversaries. They're our future members. Wow. Well, that's but that's not the case presently, no. right? So, and they're 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 going to eat your lunch because there's there's now an uncom- uncompetitive labor uh, agreement, perhaps. So that the latest in Israel. Keep it tuned right here to WJR. Back here on First Thing with Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale. The uh, FBI is on high alert after warnings of an increase in threats against both the Jewish and Muslim communities. Um, have spiked since the war between Israel and Hamas broke out. Mike Rogers, former chair of the House Intelligence Committee, now Republican candidate for Senate, lends his expertise to Kevin and Tom on All Talk. It concerns the FBI, Kevin. In light of Israel's conflict with Hamas, FBI Director Chris Wray is warning of an uptick in terrorism and violence threat within the United States. Yeah, Tom, can we contain uh, the violence to the Gaza Strip, or will it spill over into L.A., New York, Michigan, uh, those passionate about their positions feel now is the time to act, but will it be done peacefully or will we see car bombings and terror attacks that happen in the Middle East become a new normal here in America? Joining us now is Mike Rogers, a veteran, former FBI agent, chairman of the U.S. Uh, House Intelligence Commission and a businessman and also now U.S. Senate candidate. Thanks for joining us, sir. Hey, guys. Always good to hear your voices. Appreciate uh, you uh, being here. Chris Ray, as the FBI director, he, sh- he should know if uh, we should be concerned. Uh, how, how, what can we do about the, the fact that he's putting out warnings of, of potential domestic threats? I think he's just asking people to be vigilant. We saw some interesting things over history, so we learn how the reaction to something like this is going to look. Their first concern is a lone wolf attack, meaning... One person not coordinated with anyone else is reading kind of radical um, uh, posts and texts and Facebook messages and websites uh, and brings it upon themselves to conduct some act uh, of terror. And that could be anything from, you know, a shooting or, you know, we, we, could, we, want, we don't need to speculate on all the things they could do. Uh, and then the next level up, and I think this one's also concerning, is there something more organized they have to be worried about? And when you look at the crossings of the southern border, some 200 
people that they caught, and there's normally about a one to ten ratio caught to didn't catch, um, people who were on the terrorist watch list. So there's clearly an effort, and that's a huge increase over the last few years. Uh, there's clearly an interest for bad guys to come into the country to do something, and I think that's probably what they're seeing. How organized it is, don't know, and that's what I think the FBI and local law enforcement, Department of Homeland Security, are going to try to figure out. We talked to Senator Gary Peters on the show. He said the real concern is homegrown terrorists, people who are already here and have been indoctrinated. Uh, is that the, the biggest concern, or should we, or do we need to be worried about uh, people being sent across the border to, to do bad acts? The short answer is yes. You have to worry about all of it. Uh, and the homegrown terrorists, those are the, one, those are the lone wolf terrorists. And the reason those are concerning and concerning the law enforcement uh, and the FBI is they're just so hard to get up in front of. You know, the organized events, you at least have a, have a fighting chance of getting in front of it. Somebody talks, they make a mistake, they communicate something they probably shouldn't communicate, those kinds of things that would send people into saying, hey, something's going on. It's that lone wolf that is doing it all on their own. They're, they're self-radicalizing uh, by the materials they're getting in social media and websites and others. And what, what that trigger is uh, can be an issue. And it's, uh, that's the one that I think worries law enforcement the most. All right. So I want to get back to that ratio that you just described. You said a one to ten ratio from the ones we catch that come across our southern border and the ones that get away. So you're saying that one gets caught, nine get away, and they're put into this country. Is that what you're saying? Well, nine, they just don't catch. They don't so, catch. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, if you talk to Customs and Border Protection, they'll tell you they you know, they catch X amount of, of people coming across the border, and the people that they aren't able to catch and apprehend or put part of the system is about ten times. Okay, so we have these special interest aliens. Just since the first of this month and the, the first two weeks, uh, there have been, I don't know, about a couple thousand Chinese nationals who are on that special interest alien list. There are hundreds of Russians, hundreds of Afghanis, uh, a lot of people from Iran and Syria and Pakistan, several countries and throughout the Middle East that hate us. So how concerned should we be? Well, you know, obviously it really concerns me that there's a reason you've seen this influx of special interest aliens and, you know, Russians, Chinese for a, a different set of purposes but also people that we know at least a percentage of them. Again, this is not all of them coming across the border, but at least a percentage of them we know uh, have risen to the level of being on a terrorist watch list, which is hard to get on, and uh, you're on there for pretty good reason, and it's normally been uh, embedded through intelligence uh, processes. So by the time you get on that list, you have been picked up uh, around the world trying to talk about doing bad things to people you disagree with like Americans. And so that's what's so concerning. And I think that's why you see this warning come out is, hey, listen, yes, we have the, the first order of defense is the lone wolves and people please say something if somebody's not acting right or saying really extreme things. And the second one is the organized ones, which are, you know, it, it can be, uh, you know, if they have better training, more proper training, they can be more lethal in their attack. So we have the warning. Uh, what about you're running for Senate? Are the people who are already in office, our elected officials, are they doing the job to keep us safe from potential terror attacks here in the United States? No, absolutely not. You cannot have the border as wide open as it has been uh, and, you know, issue issue press releases about how you're doing everything you can do. 
we know how to secure the border of the United States of America. We have to secure the border first and foremost. You have to get that done. And again, it, this is uh, this is the most important way you can stop uh, uncontrolled access to the United States by people who want to do us harm. And that, and that includes drug dealers, by the way, and people who are trying to bring fentanyl over that kills tens of thousands of Americans every single year. This is a disaster at, at epic proportion. Uh, yes, there are people coming over for economic benefit, uh, but now there are at least a percentage are coming over here to do something else. And the longer we you know, dawdle on getting this thing secure, the more at risk we become. Mm. And so, no, I argue they should be doing everything they can. And it's been, I think, a Biden administration and his, and his congressional allies' complete weakness on on our national security is just by watching people flood over the border. Uh, I want to ask you about the this ideology that seems to permeate. Now, you know, Christopher Ray spoke over the weekend uh, in San Diego about the Hamas ideology that absolutely does permeate not only Gaza, but not only portions of the West Bank and Israel, but within the United States. And we've seen that manifest in these recent protests in New York and Dearborn and elsewhere. Palestinians identifying with Hamas, advocating for the destruction of Israel, blaming Israel for this terrorist attack against them. Do you believe that that, Hamas, that the ideology is very prevalent within our country and that it's dangerous and it could lead to terrorism? I don't know how prevalent it is, but it's here. You see it. You see it in the protest. We shouldn't make that every Palestinian. We shouldn't make that every Arab. We shouldn't make that every Muslim. That's certainly not the case. Many of those folks come to the United States because they're trying to escape the oppressive nature and the militant nature of Hamas rule in Palestine. Uh, and there are a lot of Palestinians in Gaza who pine for the day that Hamas is gone. Remember, they've elected them in 2006. Uh, and they just took over and haven't relented since. And so, uh, you know, there is not a lot going on. These are not folks who get up every day, the, the Hamas terrorists, and want what's better for your community. They're just hell-bent on destroying Israel, killing Jews. They put it into their schools. They're teaching their children this. I mean, it is, it's as bad as you think it is. And, but there are a lot of great people in the United States. Certainly we have a large Arab uh, population here in Michigan who is equally horrified by the slaughter that they saw happen in Israel. And I think we just, we, it's really important we remember the difference. Uh, and we encourage people here not to import that hate here. You can talk about it. You can have speeches about it. You can rally around uh, your differences of opinion about Israel and the United States and the, and the Arab nation's policies. But what we don't want to do is import the violent and vitriol that gets people to take action against, uh, you know, their friends and neighbors. First thing, Mike Parsons, Renee Vitale on WJR.